Consummate Athlete seeks health, community, and adventure through movement. And here on the podcast, longtime endurance coach and kinesiologist Peter Glassford and author and cycling coach Molly Herford are helping you lead your best active, adventurous life. Every week, we talk with professional athletes, health and fitness experts, and of course, real-life consummate athletes. We're excited to have you along for the ride. Hello, hello. Welcome back to another quickie episode of the Consummate Athlete Podcast. Today, we are talking all about supplement use. Yes, and this is one of the chapters that is in our upcoming book, Becoming a Consummate Athlete. And Complete with the little dog wolf in the background. <laughs> That's right. Well, we've had a squirrel sighting this morning, so DW is quite excited. He's a black little miniature dachshund. Who believes he's a squirrel. Well, we're not sure. So, you know, some people say it's just that dogs really like chasing squirrels, and we, we like to believe that he's found like a brother in. He pet the squirrel. This should be this should be made clear to yeah. our audience. Yeah, it's a little too happy, I think. But yeah, it's weird. Anyway. Knows? Yes, in any case, DW, uh, I don't think he supplements his diet, although he does get the odd... Like, uh, li- raw liver. Well, yeah, that supplements for sure his training, at least, if not his, mm-hmm. his diet, I guess. So actually, that, I think, really starts off our point really nicely, which is just that, uh, you know, when you're thinking about adding a supplement to your diet it's sort of really important to kind of sit, step back and look at what you're already taking. Well, and I like, you know, taking a page from even your coach, David's, uh, taking a page from his coaching book, I guess, his philosophy, you know, everyone's pretty awesome. Like you're doing some pretty cool stuff. You're, you're, you're rolling, right? You know, you're here, you're listening to a podcast. Things, things are, are going pretty good. You're, you're at this phase, right? So we want to look at where are you now and do you need something else? Do you need a magic bullet? Are you doing pretty well? And maybe there's some tweaks there. And some of those tweaks might involve supplementation or less supplementation. You know, there's always the option to remove things, which we often overlook. Um, but I think that's what we want to start with. You know, how, how's it going? You know, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Um, but then, I, so, so that's, we're going to lay this out as like a, a who, what, where, why, when, how I, I always say that most of the things I know I got from like grade four, you know, there's the sort of this, how do you tell a story? Right. And there's these, these aspects, I think it was like the five or six W's and then there's the how many, how much. So we'll go through it like that. So I think we're starting with sort of this, like, why, right? Like, why are you taking the supplement? Right. That's what you're saying is like, how are you rolling? You know, it's, it's why, why are you looking at this thing? What, what is the need that you're trying to fill? Right? Yeah. So some, some kind of common ones, you know, caffeine, you're trying to kind of wake up in the morning or be ready for your race. Um, I think so. Yeah. And that's a common one, right? Like we don't, I like that you, you wanted to go into this sort of thinking about what are supplements, right? And often we think about testosterone or like something like this right uh, no one is suggesting you should take that just put but we have lots there. right i think it's important that we highlight you know coffee caffeine we have um you know what else is coming like a certainly at the ends heads like painkillers tylenol this is you know on most people's lists um certainly like any of your i think we need to lump this in with any medications right so to having get i get a lot of intake forms i go through a few each day for clients for training plans coaching and that sort of thing phone consults most people are on some sort of medication. Yeah, and I mean, for, for women, this is also birth control, which can come in the form of like an IUD, which you might not Great even point. think about as like a medication because you're not taking it every day. But right. if you have one that's releasing progesterone, then, you know, you do have that going. Um, right, so we've dove right into who. So do you want to go, that's sort of who, right? Like we want to make sure that we're considering who we are as well as like how are we rolling, like why why do we need this thing? So if we have a good sense of like where we're at, you know, as you say, maybe we're we're taking birth control, we are a female, we are, you know, somewhere 30 to 45, 50, um, you know, 
is this substance then that we're looking at, is it, is it even relevant for us and our goals, right? So this is like, I want to race mountain bikes or I want to power lift or I want to be a sprinter. You know, these are all very different. I'm a team sport athlete. These are all very different goals, right? And, and some supplements can work for certain things, for sprinting, for putting on mass, for uh, endurance performance, right? Like we want to make sure we think about for what, like why are we taking this? So if I want to improve my mountain biking, right? This is a very different goal than maybe even your goal, which on the surface might seem similar of like running a 50 miler endurance running race, right? I have a start demand. My race is 90 minutes. And I think I saw like mountain bike racing is like 30% plus or minus over threshold. Your race doesn't even really go over threshold. Right. Right. So very different consideration. So we want to think about who we are, um, which seems obvious because we're the ones looking for the supplement, right? But we want to really do a, a dig in on who we are and who the, the supplement might work for. So from there, so we have the why. We didn't really cover the why very well, so let's go back to that. So I've decided that I want to, what, what would be something that someone would take? Like I have maybe soreness or what, what do you want to go? Caffeine. You said I want to get like really amped up for the start. Um, you know, maybe it's an early morning start. So caffeine or people will use caffeine maybe for later in the race. Is that sort of where you want to go? Like as far as like why? Yeah. I mean, I think caffeine's always a, an easy one to start thinking about because everyone kind of knows the effects of it. So it's, it's a pretty, I think we do. Yeah. And I, I mean, that gets to, so is caffeine supported for the thing we want to do? Right. And it's not always right. Like it depends what you're trying to do. Certainly we want to look at, you know, the, the pros and cons, right? So caffeine, like we might want to consider like if it's nighttime and we need to sleep, you know, soon after the event, this is a, a possible downside to that supplement, right? If you know it's going to make you poo and your start is coming up. Yeah. And heat tolerance can be um, an issue too. So sometimes with ultra runners like yourself, it might actually be because your day could be 12 hours or longer. I don't know what's even 17 hours if you're getting, you know, 20 hours, some of these hundred milers. So you'll see people who don't take caffeine for a lot of the first part of the event and then actually use it towards the end to sort of like pick themselves back up um, and get some of that stimulation later. But when you're in heat, sometimes there can be like a negative. Some people have really poor response, you know, in a heat. So you might just race even normal, sort of like me again, you race like midday in the heat. So you might be someone who actually decides not to have caffeine, even though it might perk you up because the response in the heat actually isn't good, right? So again, we want to look at what are the pros and cons? What are the downsides of this supplement, right? Some have fairly large ones. Yeah. And I mean, with caffeine, to come back to the the who, um, we talk about this in my, my book, Fuel Your Ride, but our friend Nancy Guest did a ton of research around uh, how genetics play a role in how we're impacted by caffeine, right? Some people are sort of slower metabolizers of it, so they're going to be slow burners. Some people are going to you know, sip their coffee and like immediately perk up, which is why Peter sounds so darn quick right now, if anyone is wondering. Um, so I think, you know, coming back to just who you are, every supplement is going to affect you differently than it's going to affect your friend, even if you have the same goals. So Peter mentioned, you know, you might want to be sprinting and your friend wants to do like ultra distance, but it also might just be that a supplement is going to affect you differently because of your genetics. Right. Which is a great point. Yeah. So we're thinking about me individually we're also thinking about me um like who am i in terms of the athlete the event what are the demands of the event um you know you'll you'll often see something like uh, beta alanine or something like that that's more typically associated with like a short-term 
type sprinting event, right? And then you'll see people taking it for endurance. And, and, and I don't know, it's like one of those ones sort of question marky, right? But um, it, it's not for all, right? Like for all people, right? And again, you have to also sort of test it out and see how it works for you. Um, so there, so let's go from there. So that's what? So I think the what is a big question, right? There's a lot when we're talking about, okay, I've decided I need to get more amped up for the start of my race or I'm, I'm a sprinter. I'm going to do really short-term things. So I want to look at, you know, just covering my base. I'm going to certainly train and sleep and take care of myself, but you know, maybe there's an extra 1% I can gain. So we want to be, okay, Peter mentioned beta alanine. So we're going to look that up. And so the question is like in the, the age of the internet, like where do you find anything that's like valid, right? Versus just going down to the local like Walmart and finding this. Don't do that. Um, you know, so there's different places we can look. I think, you know, there's certainly you want to check in with a doctor or maybe a coach or something like this who has, you know, access to like, you know, this information has seen this stuff and maybe can point you in the right direction when you're doing your research. There are some like certainly PubMed is like a, most people I think are familiar with PubMed where a lot of studies are, are registered, right? And you can at least see the abstract. Ideally, you can read like more, you know, developed, you know, uh, what is the word I'm looking for? Meta-analysis and sort of like reviews of the supplement. So there's a lot of studies on this supplement. Yeah, and I'm going to I'm gonna caution against using PubMed because I do think it's really easy to get down a rabbit hole to find studies that back up what you want it to say, where it's like, ah, oh, the study of three college-age men showed that it totally did good, like a good job. Or the abstract isn't like that easy to kind sure. of read and identify. Yeah. Like there's a lot of headlines that end up in journalism. You can find one way or the other. And that's why like a lot of the stuff we're waiting, you know, we had one question about uh, CBD. Um, so like from cannabis, right? So from that, so not marijuana, but from, you know, this, most people are more familiar with this than I am probably. Um, and, and so the question was like around, should I take that? Right. And, and it gets into this issue of sort of, we have like this, Ethical, legal. So most places now, the legal issue is less of a concern with that one. Um, but we do need to be concerned with the what it is. So is it safe? Um, you know, and so we can look at different resources. We mentioned PubMed. There's another site called examine.com that uh, takes studies and it's fairly well respected, I think. So it's another place you can look and just sort of see it. it sort of summarizes like where is the evidence at? And it gives you sort of like a star rating or something. And that one I think is fairly well respected again at this time. And I'm open to be corrected on that, but that seems pretty good. We also have the issue of contamination. So like a lot of times with CBD, um, I'll link to this article I just read about vaping, uh, which is completely a, a side note, but it mentions at the end that like sort of CBD is the new vaping. Um, but the article goes through, it's in California Sunday and it, it actually it does a good job of laying out, like there's nothing wrong with necessarily like the marijuana plant or the cannabis plant. There's nothing wrong with like, um, nicotine per se. Um, but it's the, the, the processing. So you get into like pesticides, you get into like what ends up in the plastics and the, as we start driving the price down on stuff, right. Which is the sort of free market. So CBD would be a good example. Like everyone is seeing CBD on every athletes getting sponsored by CBD companies. Um, Molly gets just harassed with CBD, everything, um, as a, as a journalist, I should say, <laughs> we're not like beating Molly with like CBD or uh, something weird visual but right yeah um just like a big marijuana plant you're just like beating someone uh cannabis plant you have to say cannabis you can't say marijuana um 
Yeah. So where was I going with that? Is it safe? So the, their point was that like, there's a lot of other stuff that ends up in the end product that we get as consumers. So it's not that like CBD or vaping is bad. It's that like once prices get driven down and there's other things going on again, like controls on pesticides controls, like it's just so hard to hash through, like if it's worth it for the the benefit that you might wish to get yeah so in the u.s uh, supplements aren't regulated by the fda which means they don't actually have to have like a perfect label that lists every single thing that's in them right uh, they're yeah really unregulated so you know this cbd article talked about the fact that like a lot of cbd oils in the u.s don't even have cbd in them but the other like and that's not just cbd this isn't like just Oh, this one like kind of unregulated thing. This is yeah. you know protein powder. Too. Yeah, we're not ragging on CBD for anyone who no. loves it. It's just like this is a fact of supplements. No, like I just I was just reading a thing. Uh, it's by the Clean Label Project, and they found they surveyed like 134 different protein powders, just like off the shelf, off Amazon, off Walmart, and out of them, it was like 75% had high levels of lead and high levels of BPAs in them, uh, right. like illegal levels. If it was a food, but because it isn't, it's not regulated. Sure, sure. So this is the what again, we're sort of like drilling in on this. So there's legal considerations, there's, is it safe? And we don't like this is the like weird thing where like safe is like a pretty broad topic, right? Because it could be, is there something like a lot of lead like and and people have different tolerances even for something like lead, right? But like if you're already maybe getting lead exposure from something and then this like pushes you over or it's like something you're sensitive to it could be something as innocuous as like dairy maybe you're sensitive to dairy and they've added that as a filler it's not on the label but it just got in there right yeah and i mean it's also if you are uh, an elite athlete or you're competing in anything Great. that's going to get yeah. tested um you know a lot of stuff can go into these with cbd you can have higher levels of thc than the label maybe says protein powder i mean a lot of us will recognize the name denise betsma she was the one that got popped for doping in 2019 in cyclocross and you know said that it was a tainted supplement that she got from a protein powder from her belgian pharmacist right um so you know you do have to be pretty aware of the fact that you know taking these supplements means you're taking an unregulated thing that could yeah. potentially and, and i tend to come down on like a sort of that's like a wink nudge like okay i get it like it was the spanish spanish beef or the 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 whiskey i had at night but uh, i think when you have these two facts like you are two statements two anecdotes where you mentioned like all this stuff is contaminated potentially with stuff right and then you're saying these other people are saying well i didn't knowingly take something that i've tested positive for you know it's not in you know you know it's possible at least right like we can say that um now a lot a lot of us are not concerned necessarily with testing positive doping wise but i'll just mention there's a, a site called the global dro and you should be able to google that um, i think that's actually the website as well but uh that's where you can look up for your sport and your country and uh yeah your sport in your country like whether it's illegal for like cycling you know in canada i guess um and, and that's very useful for athletes coaches um, I think it also gives you a heads up on stuff too, even if you're not so concerned about doping, but you gotta be careful, right? Cause they are testing in a lot of masters events now and, and, and different things like yeah, for sure. even other sports. Right. Um, the other place that we look then is when we're buying a supplement, it's, it's a good, I think it at least makes you feel better as far as banned substances. If you look for an NSF rating, or there's also informed choice, there's a few different sort of third party things that just sort of confirm that there aren't steroids in your 
whey protein powder. And I do feel better about those because I feel like your chances of like other crap in them are a little bit lower when you have like that third party testing and certification. I think so. There's two others that I've heard of. And again, this is sort of, again, buyer beware, but lab door and consumer lab uh, seem like ones that also like look more at the, not the, whether you're going to test positive, but whether the label is accurate to what's in there. So is it 30 grams of whey protein as they say? Um, and, or, and, or does it contain again, other stuff that isn't on the label, right? Uh, whether it's innocuous or, or seemingly so. Yeah. Um, so oh. the other thing in the, what I think is also just the, the price point, right? Like I think it's very easy to spend, you know, hundreds of dollars a month on supplements. And that could be, you know, the difference between like working an extra shift or, you know, having an easier time budgeting for that, that race fee or that like new wheel set or new tires or whatever. So I think it's, it's always worth thinking about like, what is the, what is the benefit and what is the trade? And this is maybe to keep my grade four storytelling self, this is maybe like how much, right? And there's two things with how much it's, is it affordable, um, expensive? Is it, you know, too cheap to be realistic. Again, when we talk about those vape pens, right? Like I, I think I would, re- if you have time to read it, it was a great article. Gives you, especially if you're like, I'm pretty on the like not vaping side of things. So I was curious about it, right? And I wanted to like open my mind to what the whole vaping industry is, where it's at. I think it gives you a good sense of this, like price is somewhat important, right? Like the money has to go somewhere and how, how are you getting there, right? Like how do you cut the corners? So with supplements, it's like, well, how is like all, how is it, how is Walmart producing, you know, whatever the thing is at like a third of the cost or, or a 10th of the cost, right? Like, it's just like, is this a deal or is this, you know, you're not even getting the thing you think you're getting. Um, so certainly that, and then I think the risk reward sort of maybe ties in here too, right? So if, if any of even the things that we say work, right? Like caffeine, coffee, not, you know, a enjoyable B like, it's just not that expensive when we compare it to like supplements, right? Um, downsides, there certainly are some, you could get super jittery and you could actually perform worse, right? Like that was some of Nancy's research, uh, was that like some people on caffeine actually, you know, did worse, you know, which is like, Oh wow, I didn't expect to do worse by drinking coffee, but, but that might be, again, think about supplementation as we can actually do less sometimes, right. And actually get a better result, right. Or at least do less like total amount, right. Maybe one coffee is enough for someone who's a little jittery like myself. Um, but risk reward, right? Like a lot of times we're, we're just going after like, even the studies that support it are like, well, this is like, you know, elite athletes or, or even just like whoever got, you know, 0.1% better, right? They went one second faster, right? So in your, if you're a sprinter, that's huge. If you went one second faster, if you're a hundred miler, one second, you know, is not worth the risk of pooing and like spending, you know, $200 a month on miscellaneous, you know, herbal supplement, right? So we want to do look, want to look cost benefit, right? And then the other thing with how much I think is the the dose, like, is it possible to do the dose that's in the studies, you know, a, just like with what you have, like, are, or do the supplements even have the doses that are supported in the literature? This is often not the case, right? Um, things like, uh, I can't even say it, Reversitol, I think is the one that like the red wine one. Resveratol? Yeah. So like then everyone was like, oh, red wine's great. But it's like, I don't know, like they're pretty concentrated doses in the studies, right? You know, and they're feeding these to like mice. So then if you like st- scale this to like a human, you know, is this even possible, right? For what you're thinking you're getting. Um, and again, you can just make a supplement and say this was in a study. Um, but we need to be careful with that stuff, right? Like is the dose possible? Uh, the other one that always comes to mind is beetroot juice. Like, is it possible for you to consume that much beetroot juice without 
Not without pooping. Yeah, especially like I remember people actually would be drinking like a liter of beetroot juice, which is a lot of sugar right before an event, which may or may not be a good I've idea. I've seen a couple hilarious blood cr- like blood sugar like crashes and spikes. Yeah, and I don't even know if like sometimes you don't, maybe you wouldn't even notice it, right? But it's like, is that like now we're taking in calories with this supplement and was that part of your plan, right? Also, beetroot juice tastes terrible it's it's okay but then and there are like i don't want the beetroot juice people coming after us here like there are like concentrated forms but you know there's also a lot of people who are drinking a lot of juice but then also drinking a lot of coffee and it's like i you know the washroom situation is just crazy <laughs> right so it, it's it's crazy right and, and i think some of this stuff you know a lot of it is stuff that we recognize as foods, right? So there's actually a couple studies that came out with beetroot juice. Again, this is sort of an aside, but you know, just chronically, if you eat a lot of arugula or what you might call rocket, um, there's another name for arugula too. Um, and I'm blanking on it, but that and like beets, you know, can you accumulate enough nitrate just chronically in your diet that it actually is like pretty good? You know, you get a good benefit on, you know, blood flow and all this other stuff we're hoping that beer juice does. Which I think actually comes to one of my biggest questions around supplements is just like, can you do a whole food version of this? Mm -hmm. And especially I think when you're looking at vitamins and stuff, and I know, you know, obviously if your doctor recommends, if you've been tested for a deficiency, et cetera, like there are reasons to take vitamin supplements. Um, But a lot of the time, I think we can, we can eat a lot of these things in the form of whole foods. And that's. That's always where I come back to with supplements. They're meant to be supplemental to a already healthy diet. So you can't supplement your way out of a, a diet hole. Yeah. And sometimes, you know, li- uh, liver, like beef liver and iron comes to mind, right? Like you can get a lot of iron, but like not everyone's willing to have that. And so, you know, working with a doctor and, and taking blood work, like you can certainly, you know, you can take supplements. Like people respond very well. Like if, if you're looking for a magic pill, like people who respond to the iron treatments, like that can be like a switch from like, being quite fatigued to not being doesn't work for everyone again yeah, i was but, gonna say i know for myself and i know at least one other person iron supplements are actually like super bad for us even though we have lower iron levels how so well, i'm not gonna get like super <laughs> into it but like i can't do like folic acid is not great for me right so this is actually an issue of not that the iron's bad but like usually it comes with right so you might be yeah. someone who has to do like a food source type you know they have ones that are basically like you could take beef liver tablets right <laughs> Um, but then also like working on the food side of things, right? We're, we always want to shift cause it's like, could we get this from our diet again, from whether we go after the vegetarian non-heme sources or again, trying to increase some of these, you know, again, liver, is there a way we can incorporate liver more frequently into our diet, right? There is not. We're trying, we're trying. <laughs> Um, so that's just an example, right? Where we, we might look at trying to change the food and then also working with a doctor to, you know, and monitoring like something like iron is another example, but you can go way too far the other way, right? Like iron is not something that's good for everyone. So it's a great example too, where like, again, if we think of my favorite inverted U, like some people, you know, to get up to optimal, to go up the rainbow to the middle, you know, they're going to be getting a lot of benefit, but if we go too much, right. Whereas someone else might be, you know, already on the other side of that. Yeah, exactly. Right. So that's. That's that. So that's how much we've talked about that. We only have a couple more. So I wanted to make sure we talked about um, timing and the when. Um, so again, caffeine, like if you, if you, there's sort of this like response period, again, a little bit individual, but let's assume like, you know, one hour, maybe you're going to have this optimal timing for that supplement. So you want to make sure if you're taking this time, you're investing in this, that you're aware of the actual timing of the supplement. Some don't matter as much. Some, you know, are 
just you take them over the course of many days and you take it long term. But any of these ones that are acute doses, day of, you know, it's usually a timing. Or like melatonin, you would take at night. Yeah, and that's one too where like I think there is actually a bit of an optimal timing that you'd have to suss out a little bit. You know, some people, A, just have a paradoxical response and it goes the other way that actually doesn't help them. But there's somewhere like the timing can be off if you take it like maybe too close or too far away, right? So you just want to be careful that the timing's right and that might be something where you don't actually get the effect or worse, right? Which then brings us back to like, is there something easier, lower cost lifestyle-wise that might get you most of the way? I think the other thing to talk about with timing is also just like timing on a, a yearly basis good, good of, you know, there, there should be a time during the year where you're trying to drop down all of like the additional supplements that are not, you know, doctor recommended. And that, that even includes, you know, if you're used to protein powder post-workout, like taking, you know, a few weeks where you're not doing that and maybe you're having a, you know, chicken on a salad instead or something. And honestly, we've even found cutting caffeine for a week or two is super helpful. A lot of athletes do it ahead of their season. Mm-hmm. So that way, you know, when they do have their morning espresso the day of the race, it really hits. Right, which gets to timing even, right? Like if you're trying to actually get the boost that's seen in the studies, usually there's like a washout period and then you get hit with this caffeine, right? Yeah, and I also think the washout period is super important for even just figuring out which supplements are useful, right? Like if you stop taking them and nothing changes, you feel the exact same. You know, maybe you didn't need to be taking the 10 things that you're taking. Yeah, or or maybe you've corrected it. Like some stuff, you know, I think that's true for sure. Like you want to give your body just a chance. Um, Some stuff you may not see much change in the short term, right? Sometimes it's more chronic too. But certainly I think it's worth just reflecting, you know, why. We go back to that, why are we taking this thing? And you'd be surprised. Like a lot of people have a list of supplements and like you start losing track of like why you were even taking this thing, like what you were hoping to get out of it, right? And, And I think that even multivitamins we have to be careful with largely too right um especially if they're like mega dosing stuff right like um in the long term you know you want to just look into that and again check in with a a doctor on that uh and why you're doing that uh the last one then is how which again may not seem uh obvious but again the the root of administration is another thing we want to think about right there's different ways we can take things like there's peter is so into this vaping article Vaping would be a great one. Yeah. So you could vape it. You could rub your, uh, what is that stuff? CBD. You could rub the CBD. They have oils. They have, you know, different things you can eat. You have pills. You have it in your carbohydrate powder. You had an interesting story about carbohydrate power that I guess relates to when too. Do you want to tell that story? Yeah, actually, uh, you can look at bicycling.com. My eat like an elite profile of Corey Hilliard. He's sponsored by Floyd's of Leadville, a CBD company. And he talked about how he actually had to change his timing of when he was uh, using their, they have bars with CBD in them. And he was eating them on these like monster rides he was doing. And he realized if he only ate them, he actually would get super sleepy from the CBD. Uh, So he had to kind of, you know, start shifting to adding in regular food. Like he started bringing sandwiches along for the ride as well. And you know, still still loves the stuff, but yeah, just had to shift up his timing on it. Yeah, so almost it's is that like is 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 CBD good? Would be like what the question would be that we'd get asked, right? Um, and, and I think you just want to start rephrasing that. Like, a is it good for me? And then B is it good for me racing mountain bikes or to reduce my exercise soreness type thing, right? Um, so there's that. I think the only other point I wanted to make with I guess it's still on timing too, was the idea that 
we have sort of like, again, multivitamin would be a good example, but like vitamin C, uh, the NSAIDs, like anything that we're like, oh, we need to get rid of inflammation. There's been, a, that's been a big shift in the last little bit around like antioxidants uh, and, and taking them everything like right after the workout, right? Or, or I'm sore the day after a workout even. We want to be careful trying to like mop up all this soreness and this adaptation and this, you know, even, you know, the oxidants. Uh, because that, that's what our body's adapting to, right? So there's thought now that like, we need to be careful trying to just like erase all of these signs of our workout, because that was actually what we were trying to do, right? We were trying to break down muscle. We were trying to do this type of thing, right? So thinking a little bit about the timing of that stuff, just so that we're not doing it immediately after a workout. Except for eating berries. You can totally put berries in your smoothie. Yeah. And I think with those, my view is more that we're thinking again, those like if it's an actual pill where it's like getting into things that aren't naturally in foods, right. Where it's getting into like high, high doses, right. I think is where you probably need to be careful. Right. So that'd be like mega dosing vitamin C and right. E right after the, the workout. Right. Or again, like I'm just like always concerned with the NSAID stuff uh, because of just like the downside to it. If you're com combining that, especially with, um, you know, alcohol or something like that. Right. Um, yeah, for sure. Careful. Yeah. So the last, point I have at least is just there's uh, Trent Stellenworth had this idea that I really liked when I was thinking about supplements and it's this idea of sort of the additive effect and so if if we agree okay caffeine is going to give you a one percent boost and then beetroot juice a one percent boost and then uh, what else can people take CBD one percent boost um, and then what else did I mention we talked about an altitude tent before, like a 5% boost. <laughs> right, right. So it's like all of these things don't add up to whatever that would have added up, 9%. Like you don't get 9% better if you do. You invest like $10,000 a month into all these things. You're not going to get 9% better. Like that's just not how it works. Right? There isn't an additive effect. So his thought was that, you know, you sort of do your due diligence. You pick the thing that makes sense for you, the thing that you're going to just believe in. And then you like go to town, do it properly and believe in that. And you get your 1%. And, and that's sort of the best we can hope for uh, with supplements. So I think that's the message then is not like we're not trying to be like, don't do it. You know, stay away from the, the cannabis plant. Um, it's more so thinking about like, what is the thing? And going back to the, the why are you taking this and the who are you? And thinking, what is the thing that I'm going to believe in? you know, and do really well and has the least downside, the most upside, the lowest cost, maybe just like not the lowest cost Walmart wise, but like just, it doesn't, it's not a huge investment. Uh, again, coffee being an example of that and just believing in it and going to town, right? Like, and then doing the rest of the stuff, right? The big rocks, um, you know, the things that are the 99% gains. That's what I was going to say. I think that's my last point is just don't spend so much time focusing on what supplement to take for the 1% that you forget the other 99% of sleeping enough and eating well and doing your training and doing mobility and all of the stuff that goes around. Your yeah. Training. And just even those yearly checkups, right? Like when we're thinking about time, investing time and energy, right? Like it's, could you go to the doctor, get a blood test and then maybe get a lot of these answers. The doctor might be like, Whoa, we'll put you on some, again, iron supplement, which for an endurance athlete is pretty huge. If not just for like daily life, right. Could be a huge, huge boost. Right. Um, so I think sometimes when we're thinking about investing time and energy and, and magic pills is, you know, can we make sure that we're doing the best we can with all these other things that are, you know, again, not easy to do, but like pretty accessible, right. Lifestyle training, these type of things, right. Off days, you know, uh, so that's good. So I will make sure that I link again, the, the vaping article I mentioned, those couple resources to look up things. 
Um, I'll link you also to a, a good infographic thing. We'll link to the e- like Elite article that Molly mentioned. And then we'll also link to our upcoming book, which goes through supplements and all other aspects of becoming a consummate athlete. Yeah, we hit we hit all of those big rocks. So that is Becoming a Consummate Athlete. You can find it at consummateathlete.com backslash book, and it's coming out November 15th. We are super stoked. So yeah, hope you enjoyed this episode. As always, if you leave us a rating, review, share this with a friend, that would be amazing. Thank you so much for tuning in. Have an excellent weekend, and we will see you next week. Thanks so much for tuning into the Consummate Athlete Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode or any of our past episodes, please do us a huge favor. Leave us a rating or review wherever you listen to podcasts. It really helps us bring on, you know, great new guests. And yeah, we'd also love to hear from you. You can find us on the interwebs um, at consummateathlete.com, at consummateathlete on Instagram. uh, And I am at Molly J. Herford on Instagram and Twitter. And Peter is at Peter Glassford. Thank you so much for tuning in and we will see you next week.